Morning. Great to be together. Thank you so much. Hey, over the uh, summer weeks, what we've been doing is doing a mini-series where we have been looking at some of the fruits of the Spirit. And so uh, just to remind you, if you haven't been here with us, we've been in Galatians 5 and um, uh, verses 22 and 23. It'll appear behind me on the screen if you have not got a Bible in front of you. But let's dive in together, shall we? It says, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. It's a stunning list of incredible characteristics. And first and foremost, actually, these are characteristics of God. And I don't know whether you are new to the King's Arms. Maybe you've stumbled into the church for the very first time. And you're thinking like I used to, that maybe if God is there, Maybe he's distant. Maybe he's far from us. Maybe he's eager to come down with us with a big, heavy rod at the first sign of any mistake. But I want to tell you, and I want to reassure you, that this is what God is like. He really is love. And he really is the one in whom peace is found. And he really is patient. And he really is good and kind. And we could dine out on that all day long, by the way. But, you know, the reason for this passage, though, is because it doesn't just describe what God is like, but it also describes what the family likeness should be. Now, those of us who are Christians, actually, have been purchased to be part of his family, to be sons and daughters. And so as we are shaped to be more like him, these are the things that will start to grow in our lives. Now, it might be that you look up at that list, though, and you think, Do you know what, Steve, I don't know whether I can see many of those things right now in my life. Is there something wrong? And I just want to reassure you in one respect that, hey, if last night, the last thing I did before I went to bed was went outside and thought, right, I'm going to go and plant an apple tree, yeah? Dig a little hole, plant that thing in, go off to bed, come back in the morning and be like, where's the apples? They're not here. Uh, 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 You know, I was going to make a crumble. It's just not there. But of course, apples can take time to grow, right? And actually, there's a work in progress in each of our lives, which is actually very reassuring. I am officially now a teenager in the faith. I became, uh, I became a Christian in 2004, at the end of 2004, which makes me 13. Hello. And um, the, uh, the amazing thing is that as soon as I came to faith, as soon as I decided I'm going to put my trust in Jesus and follow him, stuff immediately changed in my life. There were things that immediately just dropped off. I was that guy who couldn't get through many sentences without using expletives, literally dropping the F-bomb all the time. And yet, something, immediately, it was just kind of like, I didn't speak like that anymore. Somehow, self-control had, had gripped that area of my life, which is awesome. There are other things, though, which I'm kind of clinging on to, saying, God, you're going to need to grow this some more in me, right? I'm going to need this to start to bear fruit in my life. So this morning, we're going to look at what it means to partner with God when it comes to the fruit of gentleness, okay? Now, we have three children, all right? James is five, Lex is three, Ollie is just hit one. And uh, he's just about getting to the point where he's standing. He's cute, right? Seriously, he lights up a room and he's uh, super positive and people kind of love him. But I need to tell you something. This kid is a pincher. 
any opportunity he has. He will grab your hair, or I haven't got any hair. He will grab my skin and he just, just pinches. And he's such a rascal. And so that's the first thing I was literally thinking about in terms, of, uh, in terms of gentleness, was that I think most often that we use it in our house, it's like, Ollie, be gentle. Ollie, be gentle. I know some of you are thinking, I'm not going to have your kids hang out with mine anymore. I apologize. <laughs> I promise he's a really nice kid, other than this, right now. He'll grow out of it, I'm sure. But, you know, so, so, so Philippa's you know, encouragement to me, she was like, right, Steve, if you're going to preach, you need to make it a super short message. What you need to do is this, courtesy of Philippa, your one and only point today is be gentle, don't pinch. <laughs> Should we just stand together to receive for a moment? <laughs> I will go a little bit deeper than that, all right? A little bit deeper. There's a, a verse in Philippians 4, verse 5, that says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Actually, there should be something that stands out about us, which is evident to people. They can see in us something of God's character and gentleness. Now, when you look at this word biblically, actually, it's not just about someone's outward behavior, as it were, whether they're a pincher or not, whether they can use harsh words or not. But actually, there's something about an internal depth of character, almost like your natural dis- uh, deposition. There was one phrase that I saw, which I just loved. It said, rather, it is an inward grace of the soul. Gentleness is an inward grace of the soul. And it exercises, actually, not just to people around us, but to God first and foremost. And so this word has a host of English translations, one of which is uh, humility, one is forbearance, courtesy, considerateness, meekness, kindness, sweet relationships, so when we think about gentleness, sometimes we can think of a weakness. Sometimes it can seem like a negative thing, almost like someone is, is lacking courage. But actually, the root of this word in the Greek is nothing like that. And to be honest, if you look at the Bible and the hero that is the Apostle Paul, or even the one he refers to, Jesus Christ, these are people who personify what it is to be gentle. And you would never call these the sorts of people who are uh, timid or weak or lacking courage. Now, I don't know, has any of you guys ever met a crocodile before? Some of you have met crocodiles. It's kind of cool. Now, I don't like the idea of meeting a crocodile. I've seen them at a distance before, but these things are uh, fiery, intimidating animals, are they not? If you like, the idea of staring one uh, you know, in the face, just as this picture would be, I think would be a little bit scary. Not so much fun. But did you know that this animal, the Nile um, crocodile, has the most powerful bite in the entire animal kingdom? No one knew that, did they? Anyone, just out of curiosity, anyone could guess what number two and number three are after crocodiles? Uh, hyena wasn't on the list, to my knowledge. Sorry. Uh, hippo. Who said hippo? The sub-Saharan hippo is number two. And then uh, what, 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 what's next? Not an elephant. Lions. There is, there is another. There's a, there's a, uh, a leopard is, is on there. And then the next one is a bull shark. So there you go. You didn't realize this was going to be quite such an educational morning, did you? Well, there you go. Now, but what's interesting is, did you know that these crocodiles, despite the fact that they have three times the power of the bull shark in their jaws, can actually be incredibly gentle? And so this next picture here shows that a gentle crocodile actually isn't a contradiction. It's actually true. Because this is a crocodile here holding its baby. And actually, they often have many babies just tucked away gently in their mouths as they carry them and look after them. And you know, actually, I believe it's the same with, God, with us. 
that God actually wants us to be gentle and to not hurt others, despite the fact that we have incredible power. Another great way of thinking about gentleness is this. Gentleness is power under control. You know, we all have power. Anyone want to show me their guns? Like no one did it. Oh, come on, Mickey. And uh, I, I, I know what you're thinking, that I haven't really got a gun. But listen, there is real power in these sparrows' kneecaps. Am I right? And uh, <laughs> the, um, the reality, though, is that all of us, whether it's physical or verbal or in any way, in influence and so on, we can use our power to do damage, to bring destruction, to hit and to tear down, or we can use the power that God's given us to build up and to love and to give. And when we choose to bring our power under control, that's when we're replicating Jesus. That's when we're connecting with the family likeness. Now he, you see, he who had all power in the universe, he chose gentleness. He chose submission to the cross because he loved us that much. And he chose to go through that pain so that we might know God. Isn't that wonderful news? Now, what we're going to do is we're going to show four points, okay? Four things that we need to do in response to this. And I'm going to need four volunteers, okay? Now, I don't mind whether they're young people or whether they're old people, but I need some friends right now. So I'm going to linger here for a moment until four people dash toward me. Otherwise, I'm going to start picking people out. Come on, Mickey. Come on, Mickey. Come on, Mickey. I, I don't mind you dashing. Are there other hands? Other, other hands? Uh, Ollie McBeth, you're coming. Adam Tuffin, you're coming. Greg? Oh, no. Are you coming, sir? Very good. Now, you, can, you guys, you guys, oh, sorry, mate. Oh, do you know, Ollie, you can sit back down. Come on, my friend. You're all right. So, okay, stay down at the front for a moment for me. I've got four people. I thought you'd be good at dancing in a minute, Ollie. It's all right. No, okay. All right. So, we're going to do four different things. Okay. Now, is there anybody here who skipped breakfast? No one skipped breakfast. Anyone already hungry for lunch? You're already hungry for lunch. Right, Mickey, you are going to be our first person. Okay, you guys, you guys linger, the rest of you linger over here for me for a moment. Beautiful. Mickey, come and take a seat up here. Right, now, we're going to look at a verse which references this same, verse, uh, this same word of gentleness, okay? So, the first one says it like this. Ephesians 4, verses 1 and 2. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. See, so Paul is giving us this encouragement to become gentleness. Now, have you heard this uh, saying before that you are what you eat? I'm a big fan of KFC. This is not a good saying. <laughs> but, um, there is this, verse, uh, this um, uh, phrase, you are what you eat. And I actually think there's something, some truth in that. What you put inside you, is what's going to grow to fullness, okay? Phil Wilthew said many times that what you behold actually is what you will become. And so the things that you're filling your life with are incredibly important. So I believe right now, now I'm just going to move, to, move you to one side for me. You head off to James over there for me for a minute. Beautiful. James, come and give us, oh, there we go. Give us a wave. Right, and uh, Mickey, you're going to be eating this morning gentleness flakes. I know. All right, so, uh, so this, is, this is your bowl and spoon. And um, right now, what you're going to do in a very visual way, by the way, because it's important, isn't it, that we engage with people visually, you're going to be eating gentleness flakes, and you're going to be feeding yourself. I really hope you like shreddies. All right. 
And uh, this is a special Spider-Man bottle. Lil, there you go. Now, in order for us to fully understand the illustration, Mickey, you are going to have to eat them. Yeah, yeah. All right, so try not to dribble. People will be looking at you, even in a screen in another room. Okay, so here we go. What's the important thing is that, is that Mickey's going to be feeding herself on God, okay? Now, there is no shortcut to doing this. And the question is, you could go for it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is an active live demonstration, Mickey. Okay. What we're doing is we're actively showing the fact that we want to feed ourselves with the right things to become more like God, okay? The Holy Spirit is inside of us, but do you know if you feed yourself with the wrong thing, actually it's possible to distort and do damage to what he wants to do. And do you know what? I'll be honest with you guys. There is no shortcut to spending time with Jesus. And I, you know, I just know that when I spend time in the Bible, when I spend time just praying and connecting with him, when I spend time in community, deeply rooted connecting with him, I'm a better dad, I'm a better husband, and I'm a better friend. And it's, this is one of the fruits that I want to invest in. All right. What's your name, young man? Lois. Lois, come up here. You should say Lois, right? Yeah, yeah good man. All right, come and stand up here for a minute. You are going to have to represent our second verse, okay? Stand right alongside me here. This is what uh, is said in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. As God's chosen people, God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, humility, with gentleness and patience. So you, my friend, are going to have to clothe yourself in this very T-shirt, I went for your size. Don't panic. <laughs> All right, are we ready? Perfect. All right. Now, uh, this, is, this is good, all right? What we're doing right now, Lois, is you are... That's a good fit, am I right? Now, can you, um, can you strike a pose? Imagine for a moment you're on a catwalk. Can you do a little walk for us? Oh, yes. <laughs> right here. Little, little, little head flick. Can we do that? Little head flick. Oh... Telling you. All right. So every now and then I might say strike a pose. You're going to have to give us a new move, all right? Okay. So we want to clothe ourselves with gentleness. How many of you guys got dressed this morning? Everyone's looking around and be like, who hasn't put their hand up? This could be really awkward. All right. Everyone gets dressed, okay? Now, was this an accident or was it intentional? They're looking at some people's clothes. You're like, maybe it was an accident. No. Like, we get dressed intentionally, right? Whether we're colorblind or not, we get dressed intentionally. Actually, I think that engaging with gentleness, clothing ourselves in gentleness, actually is also something we need to do with intentionality. I believe that it's an active choice that we can make. See, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He will produce this fruit in you, but you need to take responsibility for when you decide to release it. See, he can use your life situations as an exercise. Strike a pose. Oh, yes. I guess one of the important things for for us as believers is that when life squeezes you, we find out what's on the inside. I'll be honest with you guys, this last year has probably been the toughest of my life. And I I don't say that lightly. And, um, you know, having kind of Ollie in the, in the family has meant that we haven't slept brilliantly over this last year. I, um, uh, I took my first funeral of a fairly close family member amongst the big part of my kind of atheist friends and family. 
And um, I've been more ill this last year than I think I have in the last 10 years of marriage. And so I've had um, uh, chest infections. I've had um, uh, tore my meniscus in my knee. I've had tonsillitis three times. I had uh, proper flu, where, by the way, up until, <laughs> well, up until now, I'm not, well, I would have said I'd had the flu before. When you've got the flu, you know you've got the flu, right? I'm there in bed praying for the second coming. Like, it was in that kind of realm. I contracted most recently, the tonsillitis went into my, uh, affected my heart, so I had something called sepsis, and, um, which can be desperately, uh, desperately disconcerting. And, you know, it was this year when, 24 hours after she, was, after she was born, my new niece was handed to me, and I was holding her at home when she coughed, spluttered, and stopped breathing. And um, she, she began to turn blue, and um, she had what felt like an age, but in reality it was probably a couple of minutes where we were banging her back and where we were you know, just trying to do whatever we could to make this kid start to breathe again. And she did. And the ambulance came, and actually, she was in hospital for about a week or 10 days, but she's absolutely fine. She comes to this church. It's beautiful. But, you know, but, you know just as, as, as Rachel was saying earlier, actually, sometimes when life feels like it's a pig, actually, it can shift our perspectives. And we've got to make sure that we connect with where God is in the midst of those things. Because I can be very harsh with myself, and if I'm uh, not thinking straight, actually, I can drift back into performance, which is where I came from. One of the most challenging things that God has broke me through is the fact that, actually, in, in performance and realizing that my identity is secure in him, irrespective of how people say I'm doing or how I think I'm doing. I remember connecting with God in a real deep way just a few weeks ago with a friend of mine. I was processing all of these uncomfortable things. I was processing all of this pain. And then she said to me, look, I feel like in the midst of God taking that from you, where was he in the midst of all the things? He wants to give you something else. I was like, okay, God, I'm, I'm open. And he gave me this book. I kind of visualized this book that he handed to me. And on the front, it simply said, my version of events. And you know those powerful moments when you suddenly realize that actually the hope that you need and the reality of where he is in the midst of it all and I, I just really felt like today was a day to say that actually every one of you can seek out God's version of events, of how he sees what you've done and what you've been involved in and, and the painful limits that you've even walked through. You know, God is less concerned with the destination and more concerned with how we enjoy the journey. Strike a pose. <laughs> All right. All right, James, you are next up, my friend, for our next one. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 says, You, man of God, pursue righteousness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. So what we're going to do is this. This is your gentleness sign. I'm afraid you cannot run around the building, but you are going to have to run on the spot for me. I will hold it for a moment. This is an illustration. <laughs> so you are going to chase down gentleness. I'm going to have to put some effort in. Right. There we go. Right, you're kind of chasing that way because that's where the sign is. There we go, there we go, there we go. All right, this is, you are going to be exhausted by the end of the message. <laughs> all right, all right. So what's happening now is there is an intentionality not just to, to feed himself with the right things. Is, are we good now? Are we finished? Yeah, strike a pose. Yes. But now we're, we're running towards something. We're actually pursuing something. Right, you can hold this for a moment because I need my notes. So to be like Jesus is to take responsibility and pursue something for all that you are. 
What is it? You're distracting me, everyone. What is it, guys, that you're pursuing in your life? What is it you're pursuing? And you know what? I could make a whole list of so many things. And you know what? Many of them would be great things. But actually, if Christ and his fruits and the things that he's calling us to are not number one, actually, I think we've missed the point slightly. Finally, forgive me. Sir, what is your name? Can I ask what your name is? Mark. Mark. Hello, Mark. I'm Steve. Nice to meet you. Mark, you're going to have to be my fourth person. Are you happy to stand for a moment? Yes. Wonderful. Mark, you have the horn of gentleness, gentleness. which means that you're going to have to try and make a noise through the horn. Do you think you can do that? I'll do my best. You can do your best. All right. Give us one big hoot. It's now standing horn. All right, beautiful. Mark, thank you very much. Now, the reason that Mark is blowing his horn is because very importantly, in the midst of thinking about gentleness, is your mouth. Let me says, tell you what it says in 1 Peter 3.15. Strike a pose. <laughs> in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Whether you're speaking to people inside the church, whether you're speaking to people outside the church, we need to speak, guys, with gentleness because your words have power. I read this week that 90% of the friction of daily life is caused by the use of the wrong tone of voice. It's not even what you say, but it's how you say it. So there's this beautiful quote that I found which said this, Advice is like snow. The softer it falls, the longer it dwells upon, the, uh, upon and the deeper it sinks into the mind. By a guy called Samuel Taylor Coleridge. You see, Jesus had great power. And he actually could have zapped people into conformity with the will of God, but he didn't. He used love, and he used persuasion. He called, some people followed, and some did not. But he was a gentleman who treated all people with dignity, and he respected their right to say no. So when the world tells us to be assertive, the word tells us to be gentle. Can we thank these guys as they take their seats? Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Please, 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 please. You can take your T-shirt if you like. We want to, guys, we want to become who we adore, feed ourselves on the right things. We want to actively choose to put on gentleness. We want to chase it down every single moment of our days. And we want to allow our actions to speak what has changed in our hearts. I'm going to close with one final story, okay? There's a lady in this church who um, told me some weeks ago about doing a tsunami of love act of kindness. And uh, she had been in a local garage, and um, she had uh, simply had a brilliant encounter with one of the ladies who was serving on that particular day. And so she wrote the person a card. And uh, in the card, she just says how wonderful she had been, and uh, that she'd love to, to you know, get in touch and maybe take her out for dinner as an act of kindness. And so she left one of our Tsunami of Love coins. Now, what happened was that they got in touch, and they messaged back and forth. She took her out for dinner, and uh, they, they really hit it off. And that she was peaceful and she was gentle. And she, she didn't ram anything down anybody's throat. She was just kind and patient and loving. Since then, they've uh, met up on occasions more. They've got into uh, just a, a friendship and they've connected. And they've spoken a lot about their, her faith. And she's given her Christian music. 
Anyway, I got a message just last week where in the midst of her asking lots of questions, she wanted to find out what does it mean to be born again? What does it mean to know Jesus? And last week, she gave her life to Christ. She, she, she said she's never felt this way before. And then on one of her social media profile pictures, she, she wrote this. She wrote, Dear God, thank you that you love me and that you have a good plan and purpose for my life. I'm sorry for ignoring you and doing things my way. I realize now that my sin has hurt you and the people around me. And for this, I'm truly sorry. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for me and took the punishment for my sin. Please forgive me and help me now by the power of your Holy Spirit as I decide to live only for you. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And it excites me so much because getting to know Jesus has been the best thing that's ever happened in my life. And so I would love to just pray for us. Pray that we would be growing in gentleness in our hearts that we would become ever more considerate, that we would know God truly as our Father who is gentle toward us, and that we would be more attentive to the needs of others and those around us.